listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work of the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And if you would like to follow along, you can get your own copy of the four volumes from Tan Books. And when you go over to their website and add it to your cart, at checkout, use the code PODCAST15 and you'll save 15% off. And if you would like to discuss today's readings with others who are listening and following along, you can go over to Facebook and there find the group, Mystical City of God in a Year. And there you can discuss with others and comment and share what has impacted you from today's reading. Today is Day 54, and we are reading from Book 2, Chapter 4, Paragraphs 463 to 471. Chapter 4 of the perfection in which Most Holy Mary passed her days in the temple, and of the exercises which she was ordered to undertake. 463. Let us now return to our heavenly narrative. After the Most Holy Child had begun to consecrate the temple by her holy presence in daily life, she grew from day to day in wisdom and grace before God and before men. The understanding which was given me of that, which the powerful hand of God proceeded to work in the heavenly princess during these years, Place me, as it were, at the shore of a vast and unmeasured sea, leaving me lost in astonishment and doubt as to how I am to embark on such an immense ocean for the destined port. For I am forced to leave much unsaid, and it is difficult to describe even the smallest part. I will relate that which the Most High explained to me on the one occasion in his own words. 464. The works of her who was to be the mother of the God-man, were altogether and in every way most perfect, and even to understand them exceeds the capacity of all human creatures and of the angels. Her interior acts of the virtues were so precious, and of such great merit and favor, that they surpass all that the seraphim can do. And thou, my soul, wilt much better understand than be able to explain them with words of thy tongue. But it is my will that during thy pilgrimage in thy mortal body, thou place most holy Mary as the beginning of thy joy, and that thou follow her through the desert of renunciation and abnegation of all that is human and visible. Follow her by a perfect imitation according to the measure of thy strength and of the light which thou receivest. Let her be thy guiding star and thy directress. She will manifest to thee my will and will let thee find my holy law, which is written in her by the power of my right hand. Meditate upon it day and night. She, by her intercession, will strike the rock of Christ's humanity. Numbers 20.11 In order that in this desert may abound the waters of divine grace and light, so that the thirst may be quenched, thy understanding enlightened, and thy will inflamed, she will be a pillar of light to illuminate the path. Exodus 13.21 and a cloud to afford thee shade and refreshment against the ardors of thy passions and the fierceness of thy enemies. 4.65 Thou wilt have in her an angel who will guard and guide thee and lead thee away from the dangers of Babylon and of Sodom, so that my punishment shall not reach thee. Thou wilt have in her a mother to love thee, a friend to counsel thee, a mistress to direct thee, a protectress to shield thee, and a queen who thou canst serve and obey as a handmaid. In the virtues which this mother of the only begotten exercised in the temple, thou wilt find a summary of all the highest perfections, according to which thou shouldst arrange thy life, an exact and reliable copy of all her sanctity, the beauty of virginity, 
the loveliness of humility, the utmost promptness in devotion and obedience, the steadfastness of faith, the certitude of hope, the fire of love, and the most complete outline map of all the wonders of my right hand. According to this rule, thou must regulate thy life by this mirror. Thou must arrange and adorn it, adding to the beauty and grace of a bride that wishes to enter into the chamber of her spouse and lord. 466. If the nobility and condition of the teacher are spurred to the disciple and tend to make his doctrine more acceptable, who can attract thee more powerfully than the instructress, who is the mother of thy spouse, chosen as the most pure and holy among women and without blemish of sin, being at the same time a virgin and the mother of the only begotten of the eternal father, the splendor of his divinity in his own essence? Hear then the sovereign mistress. Follow her in close imitation and meditate without ceasing upon her admirable excellence and virtues. Remember that the life and conversation she had in the temple is the original, which all the souls that consecrate themselves after her as spouses of Christ must copy within themselves. The above is the explanation and instruction which the Most High gave me an outline concerning the life and conduct of the Most Holy Mary in the temple. 467. But let us proceed now to a more particular description of her actions, after the vision of the divinity described in the second chapter, after she had offered herself entirely to the Lord and delivered up to her instructress all that she possessed, being thus deprived of all, entirely bound over to obedience and hiding beneath the veil of these virtues, treasures of grace and wisdom greater than that of the seraphim, she requested the priest and her teacher to prescribe for her an order of life and to direct her in the occupations which she was to assume. The priest and her instructress, having together considered her petition, with the aid of a special enlightenment from on high, and desiring to regulate from now on the exercises of this heavenly child of only three years, called her to their presence. The princess of heaven remained kneeling before them during this interview, and although they bade her rise, she begged most humbly to be allowed to remain in this reverent position, in the presence of the minister and the priest of the Most High and of her teacher, an account of their office and dignity. 468. The priest spoke to her and said, My daughter, as a very young child, the Lord has drawn thee to his house and holy temple, but thankful for this favor, and seek to profit by it, by striving hard to serve him in truth with an upright heart. Acquire all the virtues in order that thou mayest return from this holy place, prepared and fortified against the troubles and dangers of this world. Obey thy mistress Anne, and commence early to bear the sweet yoke of virtue in order that thou mayest find it more easy to bear during the rest of thy life. The sovereign child answered, Do thou, my master, who art the minister and priest of God, and holdest his place, and thou, my mistress, together with him, command and instruct me in whatever I am to do, so that I may not commit any fault. This I beg of you, wishing to obey you in all things. 4.69 The priest and her teacher Anne felt within themselves a great enlightenment and a divine impulse, to attend especially to this heavenly child, and to care for her more than other maidens. Conferring with themselves about this great esteem with which they had been inspired, though ignorant of the mystery by which it came to them, they resolved to devote particular attention to her guidance and assistance. But as their care could extend only to their exterior and visible actions, they were far from suspecting the interior acts and inspirations of her heart, for over these the Most High watched with singular protection and favor. Thus, the pure heart of the princess of heaven remained free to advance and grow in interior vision without losing one instant, 
in which he did not reach what is highest and most excellent in virtue for seventy. The priest also gave her a rule for her occupations and said, My daughter, thou wilt assist at the exercises of divine praise and song and honor of the Lord with all reverence and devotion and always pray to the Lord Most High for the necessities of his holy temple and of his people and for the coming of the Messiah. At eight o'clock thou wilt retire for sleep at the beginning of the dawn. Thou wilt rise in order to praise the Lord until the third hour. This hour corresponds to our nine o'clock hour in the morning. From the third hour until evening, thou wilt occupy thyself in some manual works, in order that thou mayest be instructed in all things. At meals of which thou wilt partake after thy exercise, observe befitting moderation. Then thou wilt go to hear the instructions of thy teacher the rest of the day. Thou wilt engage thyself in the reading of Holy Scripture, and in all things be humble, affable, and obedient to the commands of thy instructress. 471. The Most Holy Child remained on her knees while she listened to the words of the priest, and then asked his blessing. Having kissed his hand and the hand of her mistress, she proposed in her heart to observe the order of the life assigned her during her stay in the temple, and as long as they should not command her otherwise. And she who was the mistress of sanctity fulfilled their orders as if she were the least of all the scholars. Her desires and her most ardent love impelled her to many other external exercises, which they had not included in their orders. But with regard to these, she subjected herself to the minister of the Lord, preferring the sacrifice of a perfect and holy obedience to the high dictates of her own fervor. She knew as mistress of all perfection that the divine will is more surely fulfilled by the humble acquiescence of obedience than in following the highest aspirations to other virtues. By this rare example, let souls, and especially those in the religious state, Learn not to follow their own effervescences and whims, contrary to obedience and the will of their superiors. From the latter, God makes known to us his desire and pleasure. Whereas in the former, we seek only our fancies and the superiors, God himself operates in ourselves. In the superiors, God himself operates in ourselves. If we were contrary to their orders, temptations, blind passion, and deceit is active. This concludes our reading today for day 54. Today we are reading from book 2, chapter 4, paragraphs 463 to 471. Listen to this once again. The priest spoke to her and said, My daughter, as a very young child, the Lord has drawn thee to his house and holy temple. Be thankful for this favor and seek to profit by it. By striving hard to serve him in truth and with an upright heart, acquire all the virtues in order that thou mayest return from this holy place, prepared and fortified against the troubles and the dangers of this world. For us who are believers, we're drawn Sunday after Sunday to Holy Mass. We are drawn to prayer, to study. You're listening to a podcast, reading a 2,600-page work, because you are drawn to want to know the Lord more, just like the Blessed Virgin Mary was told to really acquire all of the different aspects of living a virtuous life, of seeking the Lord, of learning all that she could. And so that's what we're doing right now. And what particularly struck me about that line was this, acquire all the virtues in order that thou mayest return from this holy place, prepared and fortified against the troubles and the dangers of this world. Well, isn't that what happens every Sunday then when we go to Mass? That we leave the world, we enter into the church, we're really entering 
getting a glimpse into heaven as we celebrate the Holy Mass, we leave our cares at the door, or maybe we place them actually at the altar. We worship our God, and then we leave. We're told by the priest, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. That's one of the dismissals. So I leave Mass changed by what I've heard, by the very fact that I've received God, God himself, and I go home, and I go to work. And so when we take that time to go into the church on Sunday and there worship God, well, this is a moment in which really then we are fortified against the troubles and the dangers of this world, that we draw our strength. And so our appreciation for Sunday Mass should be so much that I never would want to miss it. And if, God forbid, I miss it maybe because of illness, well, then I realize that great longing that I have because that's how important, that's how significant it is to me in my life. The other thing I think worthy of note here that we heard today in our reading was just kind of the orarium that the Blessed Mother kept in the temple. And we heard it, you know, uh, at eight o'clock thou wilt retire for sleep. And at the beginning of dawn, thou wilt arise in order to praise the Lord until the third hour, from the third hour until evening. You know, so, so there's this way of life. Maybe think about your own life and say, can I order it a little better? Do I stay up way too late? Do I watch stupid things on TV that I don't need to watch? Am I on my phone? Am I working that late? And just ask yourself, is it necessary for me to be doing this? Or maybe should I be dedicating some evening time to prayer and study of the Lord and then going to bed at a reasonable hour so I can rise and praise him and serve him and thank him the next day? Think about your own schedule. And maybe try to order it a bit like the Blessed Mothers. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading The Mystical City of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.